Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, this is our 2100th episode celebration. I know, it doesn't seem that long ago we were celebrating 2050 episodes. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to, uh, for today's special, we'll bring you a series that you wouldn't typically associate with a mystery. We'll bring you a star who you wouldn't really associate with detective stories, but it does fit within the context of our show. At least I think so, and I hope you'll agree as well. The program is Radio Reader's Digest. Radio Reader's Digest was actually sponsored by Hallmark. But it bore the name of Reader's Digest because that's where the articles came from. And Reader's Digest loaned their name to the series. So doubtless a good licensing deal for them. This uh, story is actually a based on a true story, and it's from the Reader's Digest. The star is George Murphy, who was best known as a song and dance man in Hollywood. He was very uh, well respected in California and would actually get himself elected to the United States Senate in 1964, where he would serve a single term. And I think, though, you'll find that this story has a bit of mystery as well as a bit of style. Uh, the original air date is February the 5th of 1948, and this is the, a, the a case of the dormitory theft. Remember, a Hallmark card will best express your perfect taste, your thoughtfulness. Greeting cards present the case of the dormitory theft, starring George Murphy. Now to preside over our program, here is your Hallmark host, Les Tremaine. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We have a surprising crime story for you tonight, based on an actual happening. It centers around a mysterious little box. When that box is fastened to you with wires, it records exactly whether or not you are telling the truth. It's called a lie detector, and what it discovers tonight will amaze you as much as it did Officer John Gardner, who invented it. And I should say right here, you're going to like John Gardner, as he's played by one of the most likable and talented fellows from Hollywood, George Murphy. show, George. You should feel right at home in our story tonight. Well, I don't quite know how to take that, Les. Isn't the setting of a story in a girl's dormitory? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And weren't you voted best bowl by a sorority on the Southern California campus recently? Les, I thought your specialty was making people feel at ease. Oh, I don't need to worry about you. I noticed those girls rated you excellent conversationally. Oh, no. You take all the honors there, Les. I couldn't do what you do. Oh, what do you mean? Well, the way you meet every conversation at a Hallmark card. Oh, but you've just done it yourself, George. You're the one who brought up Hallmark cards. Oh, yeah. I said it, and I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But since we're on the subject, I'd like to report that habit you started is certainly catching on. Oh? What habit? You know, turning the card over and looking on the back. 
Well, even my children look on the back of their birthday cards this year to see if they're a Hallmark cards. Well, now we are happy you're on this program tonight, George. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get over to the office of Police Officer John Gardner, where the phone is ringing, as usual. The makers of Hallmark greeting cards bring you on the Reader's Digest radio edition another true story, the case of the dormitory thefts, starring George Murphy. <laughs> Well, sure, it works. Works in the lab swell. Of course, I 
Haven't tested it on any real suspects yet. Well, what are you waiting for? This is the perfect case. Huh? If you can tell me which one of those girls is lying... Now, wait, wait just a second, Wilson. I, I can't guarantee to find a thief for you. Well, I'm not asking for a guarantee. You just tell me who's lying, and we'll find out who the thief is. Uh, you won't if some of the girls refuse to take the test. But don't forget, Wilson, we have no right to make them submit to it. We won't make them submit to it, son. We'll ask every one of those 90 girls to give us their permission. And if anyone refuses, we'll have a pretty good idea of who's guilty. Miss Bear? Yes, I'm willing to take the test. Miss Brown? Why, of course. I'm the one who called you, officer. Miss Loudon? Why, yes, you have my consent. Miss Ramsey? Yes, I'm willing. Miss Wheelock? Yes. You're on your own from here in. What do you mean? Every one of the girls agreed to make the test. Oh, I see. Uh, nobody had to be persuaded. Not a one. You've got 90 to pick from, son. Mm -hmm. Where do you want to start? Well, I'll tell you what I'd like to do, Wilson. Now, it may not work, but I'd like to try it anyway. Just to save a little time. Who would you say is the least likely suspect of them all? Least likely suspect? Well, that's a funny question. Well, uh, let me put it another way. What's the name of the girl who reported these thefts? Oh, uh, Dorothy Brown, why? Well, I always feel that a person who reports a crime must have a pretty serious interest in the crime. You know, one way or the other. So I'd like to question her first. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe we can eliminate her right off the bat. Either that or... Or maybe we'll find out that she's guilty. Dorothy Brown? Yeah, send her in, will you? Right. down, won't you? I'm so glad you called me first. I've been dying to know what sort of newfangled contraption you're going to use in these tests. Uh, is, is this the machine? Uh, yes. Uh, sit down, won't you, please? Well, don't you want me to sit over here near the uh, line detector? Uh, not just yet, Miss Brown. I'm not going to start these tests until you're completely relaxed. It would throw the reading off. Oh. Is that how it works? Yes, that's the way it works. Well, I'm relaxed. I'm just fascinated by this wonderful machine because if there really is such a thing as a lie detector, it'll solve a lot of crimes, won't it? I certainly hope so. You invented it, didn't you? Well, let's say that I put it together. It's just a combination of measurement devices, blood pressure, respiration, pulse rate. Mm -hmm. What's the app for, that round thing? Oh, that's just a roll of paper. You see, everything is recorded so that I can examine the graph after we're finished. Well... Uh, let's begin. On the contrary, let's just forget about the lie detector for a while. You see, it really won't work unless you're perfectly relaxed. <laughs> Good heavens, do I seem nervous to you? I ought to take a course in leisure and idle conversation. What are you studying, Miss Brown? Sociology, mostly. I'm majoring in it, minoring in English lit, with a smattering psychology on the side. Sounds like quite a schedule. Oh, it is. I know all about the cumulative aspects of culture, the theory of behaviorism, and the early sonnets of John Donne, but I still don't know how to fry an egg. Well, maybe you won't have to. People who know the cumulative aspects of culture usually do. Oh, I don't know. I've studied a little sociology, too. Yes, I know. I've uh, seen you before, Mr. Gardner. Oh, really? When? When you were here at the university. You were a kind of permanent fixture at the library. And you remember me? How could I forget? 
Every time I wanted a book on psychology, you had it. Oh, well, I guess I was writing my thesis then. You must have been writing something important. You uh, never noticed me. Oh, well, I'm terribly sorry. I, I certainly should have. Uh, I must well, that's say all I... right. I'll take it as a compliment. Oh, good. Am I uh, relaxed enough for you now, Mr. Gardner? Or do I still have to wait to take the test? Why are you so anxious about it, Miss Brown? You seem to be in a great hurry to get it over with. Not at all. I could sit here and talk to you for days. You must enjoy my company. I do. You're a very interesting man, Miss Gardner. Thank you. And a very charming one, too. Well, uh, uh, perhaps we'd better begin. I stood there looking at her for a moment, and for the first time I realized what a remarkably handsome girl she was. There was no sign of nervousness about her now, and as I started through my long list of questions, I couldn't help but feel that she was lovely, very lovely to look at and to be with. So much so that the thought of her being a thief never entered my mind. And then I suddenly realized that some of the most hardened criminals and the most congenital liars have been known to be thoroughly delightful people. I continued with my questions. Tell me, Miss Brown. Do your parents give you enough money to buy all the things you need at school? Yes, I should think so. Don't you ever run short? Oh, occasionally. Don't you? Miss Brown, I'll have to ask you not to keep looking at the graph. I'll show it to you when I've finished all my tests here. Yes, sir. Now, I'm going to read a list of words to you. And after each one, I want you to tell me quickly what word or idea you associate with the one that I've just spoken. Do you understand that? Yes, I think so. Very well, let's try it. Desk. Chair. Tree. Flower. Crime. Uh, punishment. Locket. Picture. Rock. Stone. Purse. Uh, money. She answered easily without hesitation, and I noted the effect on the grab. Key words such as crime and purse had registered no change in her pulse or breathing. But all through the examination, I kind of had a feeling that she was hiding something. What it was, I didn't know. Then, late that afternoon, when I finished almost a third of the examinations, I received an urgent phone call. Mr. Gardner? Yes? I've got to see you right away. It's terribly important. Uh, what's the matter? I can't tell you on the phone. Can you meet me at Hadley's restaurant in about half an hour? Well, I wish you would tell me what this is all about. I'll tell you when I see you. Will you be there? All right, I'll be there in half an hour with Officer Wilkins. Oh, no. No, I want you to come alone. <laughs> in just a moment with the second act of tonight's story from the pages of the Reader's Digest, America's favorite magazine, presented by the makers of Hallmark Cards, America's favorite greeting cards. But first, here's a message we know you will all be interested in. This is Cy Harris. How are you tonight? You know, for more than a third of a century, quality has been a habit with the makers of Hallmark Cards. That's why, when you're looking for distinctive greeting cards, it's important to look for Hallmark Cards. Because folks everywhere recognize that these are quality cards. In Hallmark Cards, you'll find the beauty and charm of fine design, heartwarming colors used with the greatest of care and good taste, and what's even more important, you'll always find a Hallmark card will say just what you want to say the way you want to say it. So remember always to look on the back of the card you buy for those three little words that mean so much. 
a Hallmark card. Those three words tell your friends you cared enough to send the very best. Now, once again, here's your Hallmark host, Les Tremaine. Our program continues now with the second act of tonight's story, The Case of the Dormitory Theft, starring George Murphy. typical college hangout. You know, a crowd of underclassmen at the bar and a string of plastic top tables scattered along the walls. When I got there, I couldn't find Miss Dorothy Brown, so I sat down at the table in the corner and started looking over my notes. Pretty soon, someone sat down beside me. Hello. Well, hello. Say, you're a little late, aren't you? No, you're a little early. Well, I came as soon as I could. The way you sounded on the phone, I thought it was an emergency. It is. Well, what's wrong? I wanted to talk to you in private. Is that why you picked this place? We'd have had more privacy at Barnum and Bailey's. Oh, this is good enough. We won't stay very long. For heaven's sake, Miss Brown, why are you always so disturbed about everything? You think I'm guilty, don't you? Now, what makes you say that? The way you look at me. The way you looked at me this morning. This morning, I was looking at the grass. That's what I mean. That machine of yours is awfully important to you, isn't it? Well, I should think it would be. After all, I've spent the better part of two years perfecting it. Well, it doesn't work. Oh, why not? Because I'm not the one who's been stealing. My so-called machine didn't say you were. Oh? But now that you've gone out of your way to proclaim your innocence, I'm beginning to wonder if the machine does work. After all... Oh, no, don't say that. Well, what shall I say, Miss Brown? Look here. What are you trying to hide from me? Nothing. Well, you're... You seem to be much too nice a girl who has stolen the money just for the amount that was involved. But it's quite possible that you did it for another reason. I didn't do it at all. I can prove I didn't do it. That's why I called you. I don't follow you. Mr. Gardner, there's been another theft. Hmm? My diamond ring was stolen this afternoon. Just a moment. Oh, Oh, Mr. Gardner. Oh, I'm very sorry. I thought this was Miss Brown's room. Well, it is. I'm a roommate. Uh, won't you come in? Oh, thank you. I, uh, I left Miss Brown downtown about an hour ago. I, I thought that she might have come back here. No, no, I haven't seen her before dinner. Well, it doesn't matter. You're Miss, uh, uh, Ramsey, aren't you? Uh-huh, that's right. You haven't called me in for a test yet, Mr. Gardner. Well, we haven't quite reached your name on the list, but we will, Miss Ramsey. Oh. Uh, in the meantime, I wonder if you can tell me something about this ring that Miss Brown lost. Ring? A very expensive one, according to Miss Brown. She said it was worth about $600. Oh, the solitaire. Yes. Did she tell you she'd lost it? She told me it was stolen. Well, why on earth did she say a thing like that? Why? Wasn't it stolen? Why, no. She gave it to me for safekeeping about a week ago. I've got it right here in my bag. about the case, and I, I guess I overslept this morning. You don't look as if you hadn't slept at all. What's the trouble? This, this machine. It works fine when you've got it in a lab, and your suspects don't care if they're caught or not. But I'm beginning to wonder if it's any good on an actual case. God, now what are you talking about? A lie detector. It, it passed right over the guilty party. Well, how could it? I don't know how it could, but it did. 
I've caught Miss Brown in the biggest lie she ever told, and the detector didn't even register it. Mr. Gardner? Uh, just a minute. You can't come in here. Be all right, Miss Wilson. Uh, Wilson, I'll start the other test in a few minutes. I'd like to speak to her. All right. I'll call her down. Good morning, Miss Brown. Mr. Gardner, I owe you an apology. I made an awful mistake last night. Yes, I guess you did. Did your roommate tell you about it? Well, no, I hadn't seen her. I stayed in town last night at my aunt's house. But I remembered what happened to my ring. What happened to it? Well, my roommate must have it. I asked her to keep it for me about a week ago, and then I, I forgot all about it. And that's why I thought it was stolen. I went to look for it in my jewel box yesterday, and it was gone. I see. Please believe me, Mr. Gardner. I wouldn't lie to you for anything in the world. You're telling the truth now? I've always told you the truth. All right, Miss Brown, I believe you. Now you're lying. Am I? I didn't know that I was a suspect. Here, read it. I've got it all written out for you. What? What 
what's the meaning of this? I'm waiting for your answer, Miss Brown. My answer is no, no. Your answer is a lie, my dear. How dare you? Look at the detector. It's turning handsprings. The detector is lying. It never lies, Miss Brown, and this time I'm sure of it. All right, I did lie to you just then, but I didn't before. Not when you were making the first test. Please, please, I didn't say you were lying then. I want to know the truth now. Answer my question correctly. You have no right to ask me. Answer the question. Because I love you, you fool. <laughs> it wasn't fair to make me admit it with a lie detector. Couldn't you tell us from the very beginning? Well, well, no, darling, not from the very beginning. You see, I was a little busy trying to make an impression on you. Oh, you weren't at all. You thought I was a thief. Well, I, I really did suspect you for just a second. That is, until Miss Loudon spoke up. But when she accused you of stealing, she told the biggest lie of them all. And the machine practically jumped off the floor. Miss Loudon? She's the one... Beyond any question of doubt, I'll have to ask Wilson to have her picked up right away. Now, uh, if you don't mind, I, uh, I'd like to put my arm around you. But, Mr. Gosling... Well, isn't that what a fellow generally does when he's about to kiss the girl that he's in love with? Oh. Mr. Gosling, how Well, what's the matter? You're, you're breaking the machine. <laughs> shown on the lie detector, Miss Loudon confessed. It was the first of many confessions which this graphic device has yielded to police officers in the years that followed. And while I am proud to have been the first to use it successfully, there is one person in this world who is a great deal prouder, my wife, whose maiden name was Dorothy Brown. in just a moment. But first, here is Cy Harris again. I stopped at the Valentine counter today, and when I saw what fun folks were having, I thought of you. I thought I hope all our listeners see the wonderful Hallmark Valentines this year. They're really breathtaking, because the artists and writers who make Hallmark cards know just how to put that heartwarming quality into Valentines for you. There are Valentines with messages of affection for your friends. Valentines that are miracles of lovely color and design with tender sentiments. There are Valentines so clever, folks will show them to everyone they see. Then there are funny Valentines, too. Hallmark Valentines to make grown-ups as well as youngsters laugh aloud. And speaking of youngsters, you'll really be delighted when you see Hallmark Valentines for children. Many feature the animals children love. Many have funny verses, exciting tricks. And, of course, there's nothing more thrilling for children than a Hallmark doll. Wouldn't you like to send the beautiful Queen of Hearts to some little friend of yours? But I hope you'll drop in at the store where you buy Hallmark cards and look at all the wonderful Hallmark Valentines tomorrow. And remember, there's added meaning when you send Hallmark Valentines. Those three little words on the back, a Hallmark card. Tell your friends you cared enough to send the very best. Thank you, Cy Harris. And now, once again, here's the star of tonight's show, George Murphy. You were a very convincing detective, George, and we're certainly glad you got the girl. <laughs> so am I. You know, it, it must have been much more thrilling for the people to whom it really happened. I understand that the detective and his wife, that's the ones in our story, were listening in tonight. I hope they enjoyed the performance. Now, uh, 
If you don't mind, I'd like to do a bit more detecting. I'd like to find out what goes on here on the night of Thursday, February the 12th. Next week, we've got a terrific story about a fellow who got away with $30 million. $30 million? That's a lot of dough. Yes. <laughs> this fellow almost convinced the United States government that he owned the state of Arizona. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. It's in the record based on actual facts. You'll hear it next Thursday night when the makers of Hallmark greeting cards bring it to you from the pages of the Reader's Digest, America's favorite magazine. Uh, wait a minute, you forgot something. Who's going to play it? Yeah. Oh, I was saving that most important news for the last. Our star will be Joseph Cotton as the Baron of Arizona. This is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site where we put out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, an interesting story and a nice little twist at the end that's very sweet and strangely appropriate, given that this episode was aired as Valentine's Day was approaching. And you have to think, there's got to be some residual royalty I can get for playing this program so close to Valentine's Day. Or probably not. At any rate, I hope you enjoyed today's program, uh, and we will be back tomorrow with Nightbeat. Uh, if you do have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.